new national helpline for men and boys who are victims of domestic abuse. And it's been launched yesterday by the Waterford Group Men's Development Network. I'll give you the phone number again a bit later on, by the way, but it is 1-800-816-588. That's 1-800-816-588. And they are open all week, by the way, on Tuesdays and Thursdays. They open until 8 o'clock, 6 o'clock on other midday weeks as well, all right, from 10 o'clock in the morning. But um, I do want to talk about this idea of opening a men's network because there hasn't been one yet, really. I mean, we have Amen, who, of course, are there to support men in difficult times. But there are so many networks and so many support services for women who have been the victims of domestic violence, abuse, controlling behaviour, whatever it happens to be, um, or sexual harassment or whatever it happens to be. There are so many. And also we have a government-led campaign at the moment for sexual harassment, uh, which comes into line with the new legislation of upskirting sexual harassment and stalking. Uh, and that those advertisements, I've listened to them on radio and watched them on TV they are directed towards, I suppose, men being the predator in most cases. There was one example of a guy in work uh, being manipulated by a female employer. Uh, but the, they generally paint the picture of men being predators all the time. And men seem to be the victims, when I say victims, the victims of this campaign all the time, that men don't have problems. Well, sadly, men do have problems. And the most recent research from the National Crime Council details that up to 80,000 men across Ireland have been severely abused by a partner at some point in their life. Uh, The Advice Line's initial rollout is working towards facilitating up to 5,000 calls a year. And according to Sean Cook, who I'm going to speak to in a few minutes, only 5% of men will actually report an incident to Angarda Shea I'm concerned as to why that figure is so low. So I want to know what you think today. Do you believe that we do enough in this country to help men who are in abusive relationships? We did have one guy on last night who said the reason men don't report is because it's not cool for men to report things like that. And would he actually be taken seriously if he went into a Garda station and said, my wife gave me a slap and he was six foot one and his wife was only five foot three. So would he be taken seriously? Probably not, as according to our caller last night. I want to know, do you think we do enough? Do we do enough to help men and support men who are in abusive relationships in Ireland? Yes, you believe we do enough or no, we're not doing enough at all. Let me know what you think. And uh, Sean Cook is the CEO of Men's Development Network. Sean, good afternoon to you. Uh, good afternoon, Niall. How are you? Thanks and, for having us on. And can I say well done and congratulations. I think it's near time uh, that we had some support from men because I do believe it's been lacking or maybe that's just my observation. Or do you think it's been lacking? Well, I think it has been lacking, I suppose. Like, like a lot of stuff around abuse, you know, it was, it was fairly invisible for a long period of time, including abuse of women, uh, Niall. So, like, it's only the next steps now are about raising the awareness in relation to male domestic abuse and the impacts that that has on families and relationships and, and society in general. So, um, it, it's a timely intervention, especially around, as you say, the, the No Excuses campaign. Uh, you know, it's a timely kind of intervention at this stage to roll out an initiative like it. Okay, I'm looking at here, it says some of the common indicators of male domestic abuse include, by the way, not just physical, by the way, but it's verbal abuse, sure. belittling, possessiveness, jealousy, controlling behaviour when it comes to finance, for example, and how much money they mm-hmm. can spend, etc., etc. Are they the kind of things that you've observed that is more common when it comes to men? But I suppose when it comes to women, men obviously being physically generally bigger than, than, than women, it's more physical. Is it, would that be the case? No, not necessarily. And I think we've, there's, a lot of, there's a bit more research to do in Ireland in relation to looking at what type of uh, kind of abuse actually happens. But I think on the whole, from what we've seen at the moment, it is kind of correlates across the board. Like there is, like I, I know that people say the traditional notion of domestic abuse is the black eye, the bruises, and the cuts and stuff like that. But as, we, as, as the issue has kind of uh, uh, raised its awareness, we clearly it's around psychological abuse and emotional abuse and those kind of uh, um, kind of more difficult things to kind of pinpoint and to be, 
to see that these things are happening are not very, very visible. So, I, but that's that's actually been raised now. Mm-hmm. Coercive control, all of that type of stuff now has come to the forefront, and people are a bit more aware about what we actually mean by. Um, you know, so and, I, um, and why do you think men I would ask the same question if we were talking about female yeah, domestic abuse sure. why do you think men stay in a relationship whereby let, let's leave out even the physical for the moment where they're coming home every day to somebody screaming at them shouting at them belittling them or you know I did hear one story yesterday I think it may be in yourself on the radio of some guy who was stabbed with mm. his scissors why, why do you think a man would stay in a relationship like that? Oh, it's a very difficult, and I'm not a psychologist, Niall. So, like, but I suppose clearly, they, like a lot of times, these, these men and women, they do, they still love each other. They just don't like the behaviour uh, and what's going on. And the, the rationale for why that actually happens is, is it's very hard to kind of pinpoint a particular aspect of the relationship that has gone south, and it's it just it's been perpetuated on an ongoing basis, and it's building up. Uh, into a situation where it then ends up in significant violence or in, in psychological uh, impact on those people. You know, so and is it, is it a fear of losing everything? So is the guy in the relationship thinking, if I walk out the door, even though financially I can, I, I lose my family, I maybe lose my wife, even though she's kind of shouting and roaring at me, I probably yeah. still love her kind of thing, uh, I are all those kind of things. They're afraid of losing everything. Oh, well, I th- absolutely. I think that issue around kind of thinking that you've lost, like you've invested so much in a relationship and to walk away from any relationship is kind of difficult. And if you have children involved as well, it's even more difficult uh, uh, to walk away from it, you know. And, and I think as well, there's always that hope and people will work in the hope and say, listen, this can turn itself around. We can change this. You know, we just need a bit of help. But I suppose the key issue then is around is men looking for that help and how to go about it. Well, realistically, you can turn it around, Sean, because when you're in that situation and... I don't want to go my personal circumstances, but my own marriage broke down two years ago. You feel that you can pull everything back together. You feel that, sure. you know, your family's not going to go. But unfortunately, once you're down that road, there really is a point of no return, isn't there, for most guys or women in that situation? Yeah, uh, yeah I, I don't know the, the statistics on that, no, but I think, like, I think... Uh, in, but, uh, but statistics are out today, yeah. coincidentally, by the way, yeah. Sean, in relation to marriage breakdown. The average marriage yeah. now, it seems, or the average marriage lasts 13 years, which years. is... Which is not a nice statistic, really, is it? Sure, no, and I think that like you know, it's kind of a common theme that's beginning to emerge now and trend around relationships, you know, and uh, people between them. And we know ourselves around in modern day times, relationships people don't stay together if they don't feel they have to, and that's a good thing for them if they want to move on, mm-hmm. uh, you know, and an opportunity to kind of start afresh, you know. But, but, the, I think but the other statistic big, that concerns me is five percent of men don't report yeah. the or, or report these mm-hmm. incidents to the guard. So the other ninety five percent are just putting up with it. Is is that what we're kind of saying? Well, I think it is. That's exactly what's happening. And I think there's that that whole social conditioning and kind of stereotyping makes it difficult for people, for men, to kind of break that to make to call make that call and look for support. You know, and it's the reasons why we've put in uh, trained psychologists and, and psychotherapists and counselors on the lines now. You know. So oh. that they, you know, so that is it a macho? Th- is it a macho thing, there, Sean? Have we been, oh, uh, you I know, socially that conditioned that we're lads Absolutely. and we 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 we're weak if we do anything? Absolutely, that's a, that's a, that's a, that's a clear indicator that's happening around a lot. There's some of the stuff across Europe. It is about that. I'm a man. I should be able to stand up. I should be able to do this. I should be able to do that. I'm strong. You know, I'm not meant to cry. I'm not meant to be. Uh, sensitive, are not meant to be emotionally intelligent, are not meant to be empathetic. You know, all of those kind of 
uh, traits you know that are there around that whole issue of male stereotyping social conditioning you know it, it's all there and it creates those barriers for men to seek that help you know and what, and what are we doing in relation to the legal aspect of it so I mean I, I mentioned there a few minutes ago that mm. you know the, I suppose the attitude of not just the courts I'll come to that in a second but the mm. attitudes of Angarda Shikana now, I know Angarda Shikana will do the best they can because it is a civil matter mm. and they tend to try not to get too involved of course unless you know there's an assault or a mm. charge but if yeah. a guy walks into a guard station, you know, and says, "Me wife," and he's six foot three, "Me wife is hitting me," or she's shouting at me, or yeah. you know, I mean, I think most guys would probably think the guards are going to laugh at them. Yeah, well, I think that there, there might be a perception out there when it's in it, and some ways it's up to the guard to change that. But they have, in more recent times now, down in Templemore when they're doing their training, that they're getting a fairly uh, uh, impressive piece of work around sexual abuse and what it is and how it happens. And it's a bit more broader than just, say, women's sexual abuse. It's about men's sexual abuse as well. So people, the guards coming out of Templemore and stuff like that are now a little bit more aware of the situation that's there. And also, I think everybody is aware of the extent and the type of thing that we talk about in terms of abuse. Now. You know, it's not, mm-hmm. it's not just the straightforward... Uh, no, it's coercive abuse as well, yes. It's all. Absolutely, yeah. yeah. I mean, so and, I and, there is, and there is legislation coming in, by the way, which is gender-neutral legislation, although it seems to be, when, when they talk about it on radio every time I hear women being the victims all the time, but it is gender-neutral legislation around coercive control, uh, which is, is coming in shortly as well. But in relation yeah. to, I suppose, the law, maybe a lot of guys are in that relationship and they're saying, there's no point in me going to the guards, no point in me going to a solicitor, because when I go to a family law court, I'm the one who's going to end up worse off here. I'm going to be out of the house. I'm going to end up paying for everything either way. So I'm stuck. I mean, that's the perception, isn't it? I think it is a perception, uh, uh, but I think, it, you know, it, it can change and it is changing to a certain degree. And I think uh, sometimes, it's, uh, uh, you know, when men, go, when men find themselves in a situation where they're seeking that support, you know, they have to kind of, um, they have, it's a big step to take that to make that call is such a massive step in the first place you know mm-hmm. and uh, and that's why we're looking at kind of having trained people in place to be able to say okay you've made that step what next for you it's kind of to empower them in some ways around to get some control back around their lives it may not resolve the situation but it'll bring them into the next steps and how they'll actually deal with what's actually going on for them and to even to deal with it emotionally as opposed to blocking it behind you that's a key thing for us. It's about kind of ensuring that we try and get. We're in this game because we want to get men to be to get the to be the best of themselves. Okay, and of course, to be the best of themselves, they have to be strong, and they also have to be. But, it, but they can be as strong as they. I mean, and yeah. I'm not. I mean, don't get me wrong. I'm delighted you have the support group for men. I think it's a wonderful initiative and a wonderful idea. And I hope I genuinely believe that people will contact you, and I hope men do contact mm-hmm. you. And I'm going to give out the number again in a few minutes. But my concern is that you would have the best will in the world. And, you know, and tell guys, be strong, be this, be that. Mm. As soon as they get into a court in front of a judge, and the majority of judges in this country, the family law courts in Ireland, say, for example, you take mm. Dublin, you've got Smithfield, you've got, you know, judges there who invariably, from the anecdotal evidence that we're getting back from people who come on the air, and men end up worse, in a worse situation all the time. Every single time, it seems to favour women. And, mm. and, you know, no matter what happens, no matter who's at fault, because Ireland, of course, has a no-blame system when it comes to separation, um, you know, men end up basically the ones out of the house, on the street, paying for everything. And th- yeah. that's the way they feel. And, uh, you know, uh, with the best will in the world and the best advice in the world, and they can be as strong as they want, they're reliant on somebody else making that decision for them. Yeah, I, I can't argue in terms of the perception on it, Niall. I really can't, you know. But I suppose what we're saying is that there is, there's a there's, there is there is significant changes that are happening around the world. It's not enough of them that this is a suite of services around domestic abuse 
It just so happens that we're focusing on the mm-hmm. male one at the moment, you know. Yeah. So I think general things, overall things are changing that, you know. So from my perspective, you know, it is about kind of supporting the men in this particular area. But it is an overall suite of services that we have available now across the country for both men and women. And I think it, it's kind of sometimes it's kind of difficult to... To, to kind of um, it's difficult tackle all the issues I understand tackle it all together you know what I mean yeah, well, and, well and maybe maybe Sean Cook the CEO of Men's Development Network could get behind a campaign to maybe revisit the legislation around family law because it's an old piece of legislation at this stage and sure. I know uh, there has been suggestions by other uh, academics as well that it should be revisited and maybe rewritten uh, I suppose a, a bit more gender neutral in, in relation to I suppose part of the, the, the main thing which seems to upset a lot of men and we hear a lot of male suicide Sides, uh, because sure. they can't get access to their children. Again, this comes back to family law, I know. But how do men, or how can a man deal with a situation where he's literally back and forward to a court to try and get a, you know, a Friday afternoon or a Saturday in McDonald's with his child? Mm-hmm. I mean, is, is that a big problem, you think? Well, I, I, I wouldn't be acutely aware of it, now. I think that it's, a, it's an issue around access, and it's an, always an issue around marriage breakup and what happens, and the dividing up of the spoils and uh, and what's happening in the courts and certainly what's been there in the courts today has kind of somewhat favoured the, the the maternalistic kind of approach in which the model which to, to to work. But like we're kind of clearly saying that absolutely men are as good as uh, carers as anybody else and that we and part of the whole social conditioning stuff around saying we are carers, we are empathetic, we are emotional, we should be allowed to be these things. Um, because that's a positive thing. And kind of gender equality is just not just about, the only positive side around gender equality is not about women getting stuff. Also, men do well out of gender mm. equality as well, and we need to kind of push that agenda too. I know, I know there was, uh, going back in the doll about four or five years ago, I think it was uh, at the time Jerry Adams asked Michal Martin, was he, aware, was he aware of the statistics around male domestic violence? Mm. And Mar- Michal Martin said he didn't have them to hand. I think Jerry Adams' response was because we never bothered to check. And the only figures we had were for the UK. And the suggestion was that four in every nine cases were male victims. But unfortunately, we don't have the stats as such because men don't report. Would you reckon it's as high as that? Um, I, I'm not so sure. In terms of the, kind of the UK figures, I'm not so sure. But certainly here in Ireland, the, the, kind of the lack of reporting is there. We, I suppose one of the interesting things for us in terms of the Men's Development Network Niall, is that we are, we are now the first organisation in, in the country to actually provide a service for both uh, victims and survivors of domestic abuse plus perpetrators. So um, so we work with both ends of, this, of the, the thing here, and that's what hopefully has given us a, a unique perspective in terms of trying to address this issue. You know, and when you because say when you is, say the perpetrators, so somebody yeah. who has been a, a, a I suppose a violent person can come I, to you I, and say I want to change. Sure, yeah, and they can be they are either self referred or they refer to the courts or refer to social workers as well. You know, so. Mm. We, that's a 32-week program that people kind of engage in as well. So we're pretty aware of the complex nature of what happens within domestic violence and how it happens. And, like, you know, you can have a victim who's also a perpetrator. You can have a perpetrator who's a victim. You know, it's a very, very complex area around how it actually, how these situations evolve, you know. And then you just have the people, there are relationships that are mutually violent, you know, mm-hmm. that that's just goes on. And then you have other situations where it's just an unhealthy relationship and they shouldn't be together in the first place. Well, well somebody so, did text that in already. They said men and women abuse each other at similar levels, but due to the huge yeah. disparity in relative strength, men tend to yeah. do physical damage, uh, yeah. whereas women maybe don't do as much damage. Well, look, 
I do wish the best of luck and just to let people know by the way your opening hours will be 10 to 6 on Monday 12 to 8 on Tuesday 10am to 6 on Wednesdays Thursday 12 to 8pm Friday at 2pm to 6pm and I'm sure as time moves on and hopefully they expand you can expand those hours as well maybe Oh I, I think so I, yeah. hopefully, hopefully not too much as you say you don't want this thing kind of getting more yeah. and more out there but I think when it raises awareness hopefully people will, will, will pick up the call pick okay. up the phone and fall and the okay. number, the number, by the way, for people who want it's, us is one eight hundred eight one six five double eight. That's perfect. All right, well, listen. I wish you well, Sean, and thank you very much. Thank I think you. it's a great initiative. Listen, uh, thank wonderful. you. I really appreciate the opportunity. Thank All you. right, thank you. All right, there you go, Sean Cook, is the CEO of Men's Development Network. Lots of people texting in already. I'm asking, you, do we do enough for men? It's great to see uh, Sean doing that. The number again, by the way, one eight hundred eight one six five double eight. I'll give it away. I'll give the number out again at the end of the show, just for anybody who missed it. But do you think that enough is done? in relation to men's domestic violence or when men are victims. Uh, lots and lots of texts coming in. So he says, uh, women who engage in these be- be abusive behaviours paint themselves as the victim. Uh, they threaten self-harm and attempt to uh, guilt the man into staying. Trust me, I know what I'm talking about. Obviously, somebody who's been in that situation. Uh, let me go to John. John, you're on Classic Kids. How are you doing, John? Good now, how are you? Good. John, I mean, was it, is this a much-needed support service for men? Oh, definitely. And I, I know from per- per- personal experiences, courts and guards, doesn't matter. They don't, they don't help. And what, why, why do you believe that? You've, been, you've obviously had personal experience. So, I was in a relationship for, I was near on five years. I had two kids. I didn't know at the time, until looking back at it, that it was pure and utter mental abuse. Um... It was ongoing, it was constant. Uh, when you say mental abuse, give me an example of what you mean by that, because they do give examples, you know, in Sean's pamphlet, uh, they give examples of verbal abuse, belittling, possessive, uh, je- jealousy, ongoing accusations of being unfaithful, controlling the money and how much you spend, or deliberate default on joint financial ob- obligations. I mean, was which, that... Which of, them, which of them points do you want me to start on? Okay, so uh, give me an example of what your life well, was like in a relationship. So... I've, I've always worked. I'd, I was never without a job. I'd always get up and go to work. But I'd get constant calls and texts about different girls or different situations and getting constant accusations thrown at me. And you know, I'm not one... It, it's, kinda, it's not in my nature to be like that anyways. Mm. So I never understand... I could never understand why I was being accused. It never, it never really registered in my head why, why I'm not giving out any reasons for her to reaccuse me but long story short it turned out when it which is the reason I did leave is because she was up to it that generally so, is the case people it, who it, are making the accusations usually are the ones that are doing it so, uh, something I live by now very strongly is if you're being accused of something and you've given no reason it's because someone has a guilty conscience yeah so they're trying to justify their own wrongdoing I, I, I was getting accused of every kind of thing day in day out it was mm-hmm. And then, as well as that. So what? Even if you looked at a woman, who's she? How oh, do you know her? Anything. If, I, if we were out shopping and someone said, someone like we're not from the same town either of us. So if we were near where I was from, and say if we're shopping or something, and someone said hello to me in a supermarket, that'd be it. I, I just knew straight away. As soon as we get into the car, it's going to start. And what? And just, is- just she, just, just jealous, possessive behaviour. Who's she? What did she want you for? How do you yeah. know her? Yeah, are your friends are on Facebook. You have to leave her now. Is she in your phone? Is she this? Oh, right. your phone? Let me go through your phone. 
this was going on and on. And would you? Anyway. And would you give her your phone? Would you say, "Yeah, okay, there you go." I, yeah, I'd have no problem. I'd always Wait, give it. Were you frightened of her? No, no, I wasn't. I wasn't frightened of her. It was more so I just wanted peace and quiet, and I knew there was nothing on my phone for to be given off about. So I'd give mm. it just if I if I said no, you're not having my phone, then it would just escalate. So I just knew that it was easier just to give it over and just get that bit dealt and done with. And just for peace, yeah. But by God, if I ever bumped into that girl again. I knew not to say hello. <laughs> right, okay, so it was controlling who you could and couldn't say hello to and who you could speak to. When I eventually did leave her, it escalated massively. And it turned But from surely you'd left her at that stage. You'd imagine things would just be grand because you've left her. Huh. You'd imagine. Hmm. Well, I left her, I, it took me a good three attempts of leaving her. I'd leave and then I'd never, I wouldn't be allowed access to see my kids. I'd, she, she wouldn't let me know how they are and I'd eventually just cave in and just come crawling back and I might stay for a month and then I'd go again and this went on. So eventually, I, I brought her to court and I got, she, she begged me before we went into court to just, she'll agree to certain conditions and this and that and just begged me not to bring up any of our past. So I agreed, went in, got it all sorted and done, walked out to court, this is September last year and uh, that court order was she abided by it for about three hours and back to the same old same old stuff so you're selling it to see your kids went on for a few weeks and eventually anyways she'd calm down after a while and then I'd get access to them mm-hmm. and they'd be taken and then given and it was just constant and it was a constant battle all the time just for I, something I, that was I basic can, I, I can tell you from experience that court order is a worth the paper throw it on well, well, no, I, well no, I'll tell you no. what, I'll tell you what, it is worth the paper it's written on if you did something wrong, because that's, you'd be, you'd be put in jail. That's exactly my point. Of you'd be I, put in jail. So, I, uh, this has happened now on three separate occasions since September. I've had my kids on my time, and she has forcefully came to my house and tried to forcefully take them off me, physically take them off me. This has happened. I have immediately took out my phone and started recording, rang guards, you know, kept, tried to keep the cool. Soon as the guards had land, even though it's me that rang them and it's me that had the kids, I, I was the one getting the pressure put on. So, and I chose, so the, I so the guard, you, so, okay, so you believe the guards immediately took her side because she was a woman? Immediately, absolutely immediately took her side. Even though it's me that was making the phone call, I had. But do the guards not have to abide by the court order? By the guards, you know. No, saying that there has been one or two guards I have come across, and. They have been absolutely perfect with me, but it's because they have they have it from their own experiences as well. Yeah, because maybe the guard is in the same situation as she. Yeah, I, I, I got, I got. It only happened there about two or three weeks ago, and I'm actually in court with her this week. And this is, it, it was completely and utterly orchestrated. So I always meet her under a camera in a petrol station. Always religiously has to be under that camera, and I went in on this certain day. No one quarters in three weeks' time, and she was parked as far away from the camera as could be. And I didn't, it, it never registered in my head at the time, because there was no issues leading up to it. So I got out, got the kids, put them in my car, she said goodbye to them, kissed them, whatnot, and put the stuff in the boot, and just out of nowhere started screaming that I'm attacking her. And took the kids out of my car, and put them into her car, and rang the guards on me. And you never went near her? And I never went near her. 
Girls land up, and sure, well, we were on our sitting there, all hell breaks loose. She's uh, accusing me of assaulting her and whatnot. And so, anyways, since then I found out that we were caught on camera, and we were seen. And the manager actually said it to me that you are you are still on camera up there, and I have watched the footage, and it's a disgrace what that girl is after doing in front of her kids. I am. So you I, so you actually have evidence now that you didn't touch. I her. don't. I don't have it yet. I only got. The solicitor's letter sent through last week. So you have to do all this legal stuff. I know, yeah, 14 days to respond yeah. and 14 days to respond. And, yeah. So the letter got sent in to... She said she can't let me watch it or can't let me download it until I get sister, blah, blah. I asked the guards, could they go up and download it? And they said, not, nothing to do with us. So, so there's evidence there that clears your good name and, so, and nobody has seen it yet. So we're, we're in court in two days and I still haven't got the footage. That's awful. I look oh, well, I, and I obviously I I only hear your side of the story, and I accept that you're telling me the truth, uh, or that I I believe you should be telling me the truth. And um, you know, it's an awful situation. So, do you getting back to this, you know, this helpline? Do you think mm-hmm. we need more? Is one Listen, enough? I'm 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 in a very good situation where I have four very close friends that I can unload on, and you know, they're very understanding and. You know, they talk me through things and stuff like that. Which so is I'm very important, yes. Well, I'm fortunate. I'm, I'm lucky that way. And, you know, they know my ex and they know the kind of game she plays with me. So I'm good that way. But, yeah, it's definitely, you know. It's much needed. Before, when, even when I was in a relationship with her, I used to tell no one anything that was going on. Have you ever been physically, I, I, I'm sorry, I'm running short of time here to go to an outbreak, but has, have you ever been uh, assaulted? No. Okay. No. So it's not physical, it's all psychological. But I have been accused of, of being physical several right. times. And have you ever, honestly, John? No. Uh, there was actually an occasion where she was roaring and screaming down in the bedroom when I was standing at the doorway. And uh, she was off the side of the room and I said, what are you doing? And she says, I'm going to make it sound like to your brother that you're hitting me. And unknown to her, my brother was standing right behind me. Oh. She had already called guards at the stage. Guards came, all hell breaks loose. My brother says, what happened? And I didn't care. I'm really sorry to hear your story, John. And it is a story that I'm sure is resonating all over the country that many people have, particularly in this particular occasion, because we are talking about men. And just for those who think we're being sexist today, we've talked about women's support lines in the past and we've talked about female domestic violence in the past. We're talking about male domestic violence today. Michael, I mean, these uh, this new helpline, um, is it much needed? I don't think it would be effective. I mean, the last caller there touched on, on kind of something that I would have noticed a lot is, is women are abusing the law system and the family courts and um, and I would see that as kind of an issue that needs to be looked at. Um, as for men, like... But how, do you, but how do you look at that issue? How do you How do you control when somebody, be it either gender, is abusing the law? Or making false accusations, which is very common in family law. False accusations of, you know, physical violence against children. False accusations of physical violence against women, particularly. How do you stop that problem? Because you're relying on people and the honesty of people. I know, I get you. But, I mean, you can't stop it. But we have a kind of an issue now where it's, women are just believed automatically um, and they're given this free reign and the, the full weight of the law falls with the woman and women are abusing that and I'm not saying it could be stopped but it, it is a bit of and, and I want to clarify it's not all women by the way but you, you know, go on. no no but it, it is a, it is a, it is a female issue 
it is an it is an issue. Well, it like, is. It is an issue. You yes. know, I'm not saying all women. Definitely not saying all women. Like, you know, it's mm. a minority of women, but they are abusing the system. Um, but I mean, as for helping men, I mean, I, what I see with men, like, uh, I think, you know, the, the first call you had on, he was talking about, you know, talking and this kind of thing for for men's emotional health or whatever. Like, I I think that's a female solution to a male problem. Um, and this is away from, kind of slightly away from the domestic abuse. When you say a female solution to it, I think any kind of helpline or support line or somebody on the end of a phone, because, Michael, you might have mates. Uh, you know, I was in a tricky situation and thankfully I had friends. Um, but not everybody has someone they can reach out to talk to. So, you, do you know what I'm saying? So some people no, just I don't have someone. Totally, yeah, you know what I mean? But I'm just saying in, in terms of, like, the male suicide rate is skyrocketing. Absolutely, so, yeah. So from what I can see, like, talking is something that benefits women. Um, when women talk to one another, I've said this before to you, they, just the act of talking with one another, their body releases chemicals, this has been scientifically proven, and they, they, they don't have to have a solution, they just have a conversation and they feel right. Well, I think, that's, that's, well, I think that stands for everybody. I think even, no, 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 I, well, I mean, I, I know a problem shared is a problem solved, as they say, yeah. Yeah, but it doesn't. I mean, it's men do need to talk sometimes, but not all the time. It's not if it if it worked, the, the suicide rate wouldn't be skyrocketing like it is. Men do need to talk, but it's not. Men need like men need a purpose in life, and men need respect. They're two things that men need, and if that, that could greatly reduce the suicide rate instead of men talking in a female fashion that it doesn't work globally it's not working this talking about your feelings and your emotions it, it doesn't seem to be working for men I'm not, I'm, I, I'm not suggesting lying on a sofa talking to a psychiatrist right because that probably is not going to work very well for you but what I'm saying is when you share a problem when you've got a problem with somebody who may be a bit more qualified and have a better understanding of say family law a better understanding of relationships than you might have or the psychology of women in this case that you might have surely that would help somebody or assist somebody to maybe cope a little bit better with the problem even if the news might not be great but at least it might help them to cope I agree with you in the sense that talking works for men when they're looking for a solution if a man's looking for a solution and he talks about it with someone who knows, as you've just said, who knows better than him, then that will help him. But what we're doing is we're getting men, we're telling men that if they just talk, that it will help them the way it helps women. And it doesn't. Men need to, if men are going to talk, they need to be talking for a purpose to try and find a solution, whereas women just need to talk. And that doesn't work for men. It's given a blueprint, a female blueprint to a male. Oh, okay, I, I, do, I do agree that men and women are very different in the way we deal with problems yeah. and the way we sort out problems. Uh, but yeah. in relation to how, I mean, do you believe this is an unfixable problem? Because the majority of this, you know, these kind of relationship issues, there seems to be a double standard when it comes to relationships, domestic violence, domestic abuse, coercive control. I believe there's a double standard in society where men are almost not taken as seriously. Or do, or do, you, do, or do, you, do you believe men should be able to deal with that? I Men are being emasculated left, right and centre, so they don't know how to handle the situation. And then, like, men are afraid. Men are in a lot of fear because they know full well that, as you say, they, they, they won't be believed or... They'll be laughed at. And another thing, guards won't laugh at you. By the way, if anyone's listening, the guards the guards are trained not to laugh at you. Guards are also trained to think that if they could be on camera. Well, I, 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 I didn't mean literally laugh, obviously. No, yeah. but your, your other guy, the, the first guy you had, said that the guards should, maybe shouldn't be doing that. But they don't do that. The guards don't. What the guards will do is they might back up a woman before they even listen to a man. Um, if a woman makes an accusation, 
that that that's an issue. So in other words, um, the accusation is taken more seriously if it's a woman. Exactly. Yeah. Exactly. And and do you believe that's still the case culturally? Do you believe that's still the case? That if you that if you went into the garage tomorrow and complained about your missus, you know, giving you a slap, and your missus went in, that she'd be taken more seriously. Yeah, I've seen it. I've seen. It. I've seen them um, kind of. I have. I have witnessed it with my own eyes. So I've seen where I had a mate, okay, and he didn't bring his kids back on time. Now, when I say on time, I'm literally mean five to ten minutes. As soon as he brought the kids back to his ex's front door, there was two guards standing there. And she read the riot act, and the guards. He said that the guards were kind of like, "Oh, just get us out of here. We don't want to deal with this." But it's the, fact matter, they, yeah. the fact that the fact that they turned up. Well, I think. Well, I, well, I think they. Ha- I, yeah. I think we see on foot when, when you have a court order and the kids are meant to be back at two o'clock, for example, right? Enforce the court well, order. Well, 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 unless the par- unless both parents are amicable and they're texting each other, say, "Listen, I'm running a bit late. I'm stuck in traffic," and that's fine. Yeah. But if they're not amicable and there's a court order, the person who has the court order can ring the guards and say, my kids are not back. Exactly. And the guards have a duty. They're duty bound to turn up. Jim, you're on Classic Kids. How are you doing, Jim? Noel, yeah. How's things? Um, uh, yeah, on. Do, do you believe, Jim, that this is a much needed service? Yeah, I think it's a good thing. Um, I, I, I think uh, it gives an opportunity. There's, there's an avenue there for, for, for males to engage in conversation and, 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 and get a dig out and get some advice or whatever, even at that stage. I know the other fellow was saying that talk is nothing, but talk is good. In any situation, dialogue is good, you know. Uh, I, I, I spoke to, a, a, I was looking in relation to this, talking to a barrister uh, just over a week ago, and a thing he said to me, which is very relevant to this conversation, he said, generally in a court of law, women are believed more than men. And I said, well, well I asked him, what was that based on? And he said, that's just the way it is. He says, but, that's, no but, but that's not an answer, is it? That's just the way it is. That's just the way. Yeah, but that's he says that's the way it is. He said, and I said, is it based on like whatever type of stats that you have? He said, no, that's that's the way it is. In in Ireland in 2019, in a court of law, generally speaking, women are are, are, are held in belief more than men. So you, you throw that into the mix in relation to you say women beating men up and things like that. And also there's a fact which you only talked about something there last week about the, the level of, of, of al- uh, alcoholism or, or, or drinking with women in Ireland. That's a big factor in this as well too. Um, well, well it, it is at a concerning levels, particularly for females at the moment, yes. After the that's what I mean, yeah. 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 It's, a big, it, it's a big factor in relation to women that are unhappy then they get a few drinks on board and they start getting handy with their hands. That's a fact. Well, I, I mean, that was a problem, by the way. That was an issue, I suppose. When we, if we go back in time, Jim, uh, there was a big issue in this country with men, Irish men, drinking too much and beating their wives up. So, exactly. So what I'm saying is, you know, women had that for years. And now, yeah. you're, now you're saying you believe the tables are turning. Oh, the roles are reversed completely, big time. Big time. And, and, and that's very have much... Not, have the roles not just equalised in some level? Not really, because to a degree, I, I think, honestly, I believe in, in, in 2019, I think Irish men have got their act together. That They, they certainly have, have not got as bad a reputation or, 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 as they had from, from yesteryear. And I think the women have taken over that mantle big time. And, through, and, and, and not only through, you say, the likes of this negative stuff, you know, with beating up husbands and things. their general behaviour. Okay, can we clarify, by the way, when it comes to, to domestic violence, it's not just beating up, and particularly with men being the victims, it, it tends to be, to be more verbal abuse, belittling or possessive behaviour. Yeah. 
you know I will say, say that I want to go to Eddie as well by the way in relation to what Michael said earlier on we got a message in from a mental health nurse who said uh, she doesn't agree with Michael she does believe that men need to talk to somebody when they do have a problem and she's actually going to see a man as we speak at the moment and she believes it's important that men talk and I do agree with her Michael I know and I do understand what you're saying that you know men and women are very different in the way we reach out for help and I suppose women tend to network a little bit more with friends to solve a problem where that might not but be the I, case can I respond to that lady? yeah you can't you can't yeah. very quick my Michael go on okay what I said was when men talk I never said men don't need to talk I said when men talk they need to talk in regards looking for solutions okay when women talk they don't need to find a solution they just need to talk that's the difference I never said that men don't need to talk and why, do, why, do, the think women, why do you think women don't need a solution everybody's looking for a solution to a problem aren't they no, I say in general, in general. But women benefit from talking. It's something that okay, works right. for women. No, I, I get what, so, I, I get what you know. I know it's a difficult thing to explain. I do get what you're saying. I want to go very quickly to Eddie as well before we finish this. So, Betty, you're in Classic Kids. Adrian, Eddie, Eddie. Oh, sorry, Eddie. I didn't switch you on there. Hang on. Go ahead, go ahead Eddie. Sorry. It's that it has been a one-way street. Say it again, Eddie. It has been really a one-way street with regards to that the women have always been the victims. But mm. I think it's good that we recognise that that men, men need support as well. And it has come out now where all these people who are athletes have come out and talked about depression. But abuse, like, abuse is, 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 is something that's maybe quite difficult to put your hands up and say, I have been abused. And the last person that would put their hand up invariably is the man. So I think it's great that that service is out there. And a lot, a lot of guys, by the way, who are texting in only say they felt they were abused in hindsight. In other words, when they look back at a relationship that maybe broke down, they look back and they say, well, actually, she was quite controlling with money. Yes, I did have to ask her all the time for money. Uh, yes, she was very possessive. Yes, she was very jealous. But at the time, I just put up with it, as John said earlier on, for peace. Yeah, but and that's, and that's certainly... You can, like, hindsight gives you twenty twenty vision. But let's be honest about this. When it comes to running a team, because that's what it is, you know, you're Team Boyle and I'm Team O'Reilly or whatever, there has to be somebody making the decision. So if my wife says to me, where did you spend that 40 euros or why or whatever, like, you know, all they're really trying to do is manage a tight situation. Now, yeah, but, it's, it's, but I suppose it's the way you say it. Absolutely, and you know, the and the way you is, deal with those situations, but, but now, you know. Now, the one thing we're not appreciating here, and this is the, the reason why I think it's really important that we talk, is that isolation is a killer. It, it paints everything grey. It makes every problem amplified. It's really important to share, and men aren't great at sharing. It's really only started to to, to turn around in the last three or four years. Like, we're all only human. It is okay to be human, and if you have never been down, or you have, you've never cried, or if you've never had a problem, put your hand up. But I actually don't see anybody with a hand up. So it's important to allow yourself to give out that cry for help, and this is exactly what that phone line is. Okay, well, listen, I have to wrap up. Thank you, Eddie. Thank you to Jim and Michael. The phone line, by the way, if you do want to contact, it's open daily. Uh, if you are a man and you're seeking support, maybe you're in a bad relationship, maybe you feel you've been physically or coercively abused in some way, or you're going through a situation, a marriage situation that's a problem, and you need to just talk to somebody, you want to get advice, you can contact one 800 816 588 